Hey, it's so nice to be back with you. I've been deliberating about topics and feeling this sense of self-doubt. Like, I either need to have a really cool guest or an episode is not worth it. And I had to really get back to the reason why I started this show, which was to reclaim my voice, to have a voice into the abyss where if people listen, great, and I, I hope they find value. But it was all about me reclaiming my voice. And so I'm back today reclaiming a little bit of the inner fire that started me on this show, the reason I wanted to do it in addition to all of my other projects, so that I could reclaim my self-expression in a way that is so much easier for me. I don't have to look at the computer screen. I can just talk into my mic. Thank you, by the way, to every single person who has supported the show. Due to your support, I've been able to upgrade my coffee membership, which means there is now access to tiered membership levels. So you can sign up for different levels of content or interaction with me. Or if you want to get even one-on-one with me, there are different ways that we can do that. So because the software upgraded and you guys helped me to buy premium or gold level coffee membership, you guys can benefit from that. So I just want to thank you so much if you're listening and you bought me a coffee. It's actually not so much gone to my decaf coffee addiction, but uh, more so to enhancing this show. Alongside that, my lovely husband, as I shared, bought me a Rode mic, and that was also in tandem with the fact that you donated and we were able to buy it because of the proceeds. So we haven't actually hit our goal. Um, If you do want to support the show, it would mean a lot to me so that I can keep making this content and not have ads from other people in it I might need to go that road to monetize the show and it's not the worst thing right if you get ads to really relevant content but I would just ask that if you like what I'm doing and you have the five bucks to spare it would mean a lot to me continuing to create ad-free content for you so back to roots I mentioned decaf coffee and it's funny I switched because the caffeine was hugely disruptive to my hormones and my sleep more than even understanding what it was doing to my hormones it really impacts my sleep and if you remember a little earlier in the summer I was in Croatia and I was in an Airbnb with mold and so I went down the rabbit hole of okay the mold there was water damage in this unit and so I realized I needed to get out of that Airbnb and you know clean my clothes and sort of cut my losses and okay chalk it up to a poor Airbnb experience Lo and behold, here we are a few months later, Um, I'm in Canada, and mold has struck again. So in my grandparents' house, they have a very old home, and I thought that, okay, it's, you know, there's an unfinished basement, any water damage in there, it's going to be a beautiful safe haven and growing spot for mold, so... Let's let's see what's going on. I was having some mold-related symptoms. I seem to be quite sensitive to mold. Some people don't even realize when it's around, um, but I seem to be quite sensitive to it. And I did the detox, the water fast, right? And I started some supplementation to detox from mold a couple months ago. So I do feel like I've had some preparation there. But what I have found out in the past week about mold has blown my mind. So I wanted to share a couple things with you today, kind of quick tips Um, Because this is not just about old houses, 
and it's not just about visible water damage or visible mold. So the first key thing I want you to know that shocked me, I never even thought about it, but if it makes logical sense, is that mold is everywhere. Just like viruses and bacteria, I mean, we're made up of viruses and bacteria, our own bodies. Um, but mold is in the air everywhere, outside and in some environments, inside most buildings. And there's stats from the US, I don't have any good Canadian stats, but there are stats in the US, it's something like 40% of houses have houses or buildings have some type of mold in them so if you look at that i mean it's sort of like everyone's going to be affected by it at some point but the question the key question there so if mold is everywhere right the question is what's safe what kind of mold is it um, because mold exposure is sort of inevitable because it's everywhere um, the problem is when it starts growing indoors and how much of it grows and what kind of it grows. So um, if there are spores, which are like the seeds of mold, but you can't see them, you really need to be careful about the toxicity. So there are a few like aspergillus um, that can be quite toxic, but it's sort of, there's this point of no return because mold can grow on paper, cardboard, ceiling tiles, wood, um, in dust, paint, wallpaper, insulation, drywall, carpet, fabric, upholstery. Um, so you can pretty much grow anywhere. And the idea, so I have a stat here now actually, at least 45 million buildings, so sorry, it was not 45%, at least 45 million buildings in the United States have unhealthy levels of mold, and that's from, um, that's a stat from 2017. Um, but so this can be hidden behind walls and ceilings under carpets for years and you really don't know about it. And another thing that's really important to consider is that chronic exposure to or exposure to mold over the long term can lead to chronic conditions, can lead to autoimmune conditions. Um, asthma, about 40% of asthma episodes are triggered by mold or dust mites, rats. So there's kind of, there's all this stuff that sort of can impact our health. And the more I go down the health road, it's fascinating to think that I never thought about this before. And yet it's literally everywhere and can have such a huge effect. And let, I need to go back and just say at least 45 million buildings in the United States have unhealthy levels of mold. So pardon me, I must have I must have read, I've been reading so many different stats about it, but they're so, and actually 25% of the population has a genetic predisposition to be more susceptible to mold. So I'll, I'll put a link to kind of where all these stats are um, because it was something that, like, I really just, it was so under the radar. Um, you can fix it, but it depends on, because it's so pervasive, mold removal is difficult, remediation can go into thousands to tens of thousands. Um, but sometimes you just have to get out and literally just knock the house down, which, you know, it's not ideal, but if it's in, like I said, if it's in everything, then I mean, at some point you've got to say, you've got to cut your losses, right? And just say like, this literally has sort of overgrown my entire home and there's not much I can do about it. So not that I'm in that position and, um, I'm very lucky to have family in Canada where I'm not kind of stuck without a place to go, which is a huge benefit. Um, but there are a lot of things I've learned that I'd like to share, and I've already been sharing a few of them.
some of the so the first the very first thing if you suspect you have mold overgrowth because again most environments have mold the question is how much and what kind so if you suspect that you have mold i would really advise that you get out of wherever you're living if you can so stay with family friends um, you know hotels and stuff or bnbs can get expensive but it's worth your health especially if one or a few family members are having issues or unexplained health issues it could definitely be your air quality and your environment so get out of there don't stay where you are um, you can clean mold on your own if it's visible and contained so there's stuff like mold control in canada they're different brands there's also a natural brand um ec3 i believe i'll link to that as well there's a natural american brand there's a national canadian brand um i'll put the link e3c maybe but yeah mold control it's as easy as you know going to home depot and grabbing some of that and a great recommendation is also to use some mold control in your laundry actually another big thing washing machines so now that i'm kind of looking out for this stuff the rubber part the rubber if you have a top loader or a side doesn't matter the rubber part of the above the drum like the metal drum will collect mold so easily biggest tip there such a small thing leave it open after every load you do, leave it open. And I would suggest either vinegar and baking soda every couple loads, or if you want to use something stronger, you can use mold control, or you can use hydrogen peroxide. I'll put up a recipe for that. And back to, so EC3, that was right. It's a mold solution concentrate. Um, so I'll put some of these links up just so that you can easily kind of scroll through because they're just so much information and so many things I want to kind of touch upon within the solutions for this because my previous story was sort of like oh my god there's mold I'm getting out of here and I didn't really have to deal with it because of an Airbnb right but if you're living in mold you've got to do something about it and you've got to figure out what's going on so um, you can get a mold like an air sorry an air inspection or air quality testing service to come in take air samples go to a lab fix it you're looking at about 150 bucks per sample you must do an indoor and outdoor sample, which means 150 bucks. This is Canadian, so I'm sure the US is comparable, although I can't assume. Um, and Europe, not a clue. Beyond, <laughs> no idea either. But so let's just, you know, ballpark. So you got 150 bucks for an outdoor sample. That's because the mold from outside, when you ever open your door, window, right, it's getting in your house. And there's just no way around that unless you're going to either stay locked up or. I don't know how you're gonna get in and out of your home. So you have to open your door and there are molds naturally in the environment. Again, it's okay to have mold. The question is how much, where, you know, all that. So, okay, they test for outdoor mold. What's going on outside? What kind of mold is it? Then they go inside. Core areas where you believe it's contaminated or you believe there's mold. I would suggest, it depends on the air sampling method. They say one sample can do up to a thousand square feet if it's an open space. So, you know, they, they also have, if, if you're kind of just like, this is piquing my interest, but I don't think I have a full-blown problem, but I do want to kind of check it out and see. And you don't want to pay 150 bucks a test. <coughs> um, you can go to, again, Home Depot and grab. They have these little Petri dish tests. Go ahead, you do it. Instructions are super simple. Put it in different parts of your home. Again, remember to do one, door, one outdoor sample. And that's going to take about 72 to 96 hours. 
So you're going to kind of see the mold growth. And then what you'd want to do is so, because you want the outdoor and indoor, you want to see what the different levels are, right? So if outdoor it grows to, let's say, a level of 40, I don't, the values are irrelevant, but if you say there's a, a level of this particular mold at a level 40 and inside it's at 30, then, well, wow, it's like really overgrowing in my environment. But if it's like a nine inside, then you're probably good. And again, it depends what kind of mold. So then you're going to understand the levels of it in the air because this Petri dish will essentially take what's in the air and then you close it up and you allow it, the mold to propagate within the mold test solution. So you'll understand if there's a lot of mold, a lot of mold's going to grow within the first 48 hours. If there's not, nothing will grow and the full spectrum. So you can do those Petri dish tests like 16 bucks a test plus 40 bucks for the analysis if you want to understand what kind of mold is in there in whatever place. Um, basements, laundry rooms, anywhere high moisture is definitely where you're going to want to check out because most common, right? Um, but it's really up to you, your home, and where you're noticing this. But kind of rule of thumb would be inside kind of wherever the vents are is usually helpful too. They have a test for HVAC where you can like stick, you stick one of the testing panels like on a vent and you funnel all the air through to that vent to see if there's like mold in the HVAC system. Now, if there's mold in a room, you can be pretty damn sure that there's also mold in your HVAC, right? So you want to do a duct cleaning. <coughs> Excuse me, you're going to want to do a duct cleaning. I wish I had a glass of water. That would have been pretty, uh, <laughs> would have been a good preparation. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure that you put it in the areas of high risk. And if it's in the air, it's probably in your HVAC. And it's probably kind of everywhere. Again, right? Like I think, I know I'm driving this point probably home a little bit. I'm repeating it too much. But I, I was shocked. And it's so important to just, I think maybe because I've been going down this rabbit hole of mold, it's really, at first I'm like, oh my God, mold, like the, I must be a terrible house. It must be dirty. It must be, you know, it's so bad. Shocker, you can actually have mold in a completely new build, like a custom build, new multi-million dollar house. Um, a family member of mine is building a new house and had mold in a like multi-million dollar new home because the construction group, the team, they put up these new moldings and they didn't put a fan up and it got, it was very humid outside. Canadian summer is extremely humid and moisture build up and where there's moisture, where there's oxygen, you can have mold. So this is not just for, you know, the quintessential like old, wet, musty basement, although you definitely want to check there. This is also for the new build where it can be in the wood if the wood sits around a long time before the house is framed and anything, really any materials that are exposed to moisture and heat, not good <laughs> to say the least. Again, um, I would say mold testing would be now knowing what I know now, I would want to test pretty well the air quality of pretty well any environment I was going to spend kind of my days in, if you will, or significant amounts of time because I'm shocked at how pervasive it is, how much of it can be unhealthy, 
So just because it's everywhere, it's what kind of it is where. Um, and then again, where you're spending your time. So your work environment, if you do still go into an office or a workspace, can also be a huge cause of your symptoms. And if you're sitting there going, well, yeah, nothing's in my house, but I still maybe have the symptoms of, you know, a mold allergy or mold exposure, um, that could be the case. It could be that it's in your work environment and then you go home and you, oh, another telltale sign is whenever you leave the place, you feel a lot better. So you could start feeling really tired, really kind of out of it, brain fog, um, runny nose, kind of flu-like symptoms actually, which is right about now can be a bit controversial, right? You're like, oh, I'm sick, but no, it's more, it doesn't feel so much like a, like a cold. It feels like, it feels like an allergy. Like when you eat, some people, for me, if I eat peaches, the pit of a peach, my, the back of my throat gets like scratchy. And you might be sneezing a lot. You might have a cough or post-nasal drip where the, there's like liquid, it feels like it's going down your nose. Not like out of your nose down, but like kind of back, like into your sinuses. Um, itchy eyes, nose, throat, watery eyes, your skin if it gets like dry and scaly. <coughs> so... Oh, and sinus issues. Really interesting thing. If you have like chronic sinus issues, 93% from the Mayo Clinic, it says 93% of chronic sinus infections have been attributed to mold. So if you've got a chronic sinus thing, it could be mold instead of another cause, which is something to say. Now, again, health conditions that can happen, hypersensitivity, respiratory problems, asthma, wheezing, Depression, memory loss, anxiety, reproductive problems. Um, it's not just a respiratory system. It can cause serious psychological issues like memory loss, I said, and depression. Um, so, I mean, this is affecting not just respiratory, but your immune system. And mycotoxins are something to really look at. And then, But then we say, okay, so if it's in so many environments, it's everywhere. Yes, we want it to be at least a non-toxic variety, right? Like, but... What if you are having these symptoms, cognitive difficulties, any kind of pain? You know, it's also tough because some of these are sort of, they can be attributed to so many different illnesses. And it's like, well, it sounds like everything else, right? Like one that's interesting is tinnitus. So like the ringing in the ears. Um, yeah, hormone. It can resemble hormone imbalances. So hair loss. So it's kind of tough because it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it looks like other illnesses and it's not sort of this glaring like, you know, if you get chicken pox, you see it looks like chicken pox and you're kind of really sure. Um, and there's so many different types of protocols to fix mold illness or being having toxic mold exposure. So they do have tests for people. Um, so similar, I mean, not similar to the Petri dish, but um, you can test the toxins that are in your body to understand, okay, what are the levels within you? course nothing is perfect um some people like i've said are more affected than others some people can higher have higher levels of toxicity but not have any symptoms others like me more sensitive and you you kind of feel it even though the test might show up with nothing or very low values so it's really interesting to look at mold exposure but and there oh. so when the first time i went through it right it was like okay i'm gonna do this water detox like the water fasting and i'm really just gonna like zero in on this and nuke it like just get it out but as i've said the first thing is eliminating your exposure an interesting thing about that is that there are some dietary sources 
Uh, mold can be on fruits. It can be definitely in grains. Um, coffee's another culprit. That's why I switched to Kicking Horse. They're not paying me to say that, although I wish they did because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I'll promote them all day. They're so good. But yeah, and you can get it like everywhere, which is, you know, if you... But decaf, uh, kicking horse, is Swiss water process, so it's decaffeinated via water process rather than chemically, which is meant to be better for you. Um, uh, another one is peanut butter. So if you can remove common dietary sources, and that's another reason actually why people, a lot of people have allergies to peanut butter. It's not always, or in peanuts, it's not always actually the peanut. It can be the mold that's growing on it that gives people the reaction. Not everyone, but some people. Um, so if you can remove those dietary sources can also help the burden on the body. Um, oh, and yeah, since, since mold, like within our bodies, sinuses, as I said, 93% of sinus, chronic sinus issues are from mold. So the sinuses definitely take a hit. Um, it might be good to see an ear, nose, throat doctor. I say that I haven't done that yet, but might be a good call. Uh, and glutathione. I always think of it glutathione, but glutathione um, is something that gets very depleted if you're exposed to a lot of mold in your body. So that's something I supplement, and I think most most of the sources will agree on taking that in order to bring back up the levels. It's an antioxidant. Another one is NAC, so N-acetylcysteine. I hope I say that right. Um, charcoal is another one. I was taking that. Bitter greens can be good. You're looking at supporting your liver because the idea is that you're supposed to detoxify mold and anything else, right? You can also have heavy metal accumulation. So many things can build up in our bodies, right? And the main thing that, yes, you want to get out of an environment that's exposing you to a toxin, but it's equally important that your body can detoxify whatever it is you're exposed to because there's so many different environments, so many different, even, right? We walk outside, there's mold. So it's not like you're going to get away from environmental toxins completely, or the toxins that are potentially present in food or water. You can do the best you can to get the best quality food, water, air, um, and living in an environment that you can possibly have. But at some point, your body needs to be able to detoxify all of these things so that you are able to get better, right? Because just because you remove yourself from the environment, if your body's having a hard time detoxing what's built up in your system, you can put yourself in a clean white room with nothing in it, but your body needs to be able to get it out. So one doctor, Dr. Jess, talks about, and I can link to her, she talks about a kill sweat bind protocol that she's put together. There are pills that are specifically called binders. There are things that'll specifically kill molds that you can take. Um, the one that I really resonate to from her advice that's just really quick and easy is sweating. So sweating allows you to detoxify the mold from your skin. Really good call. Super easy way to detox everything not just mold so sweat 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 whatever it is that you want to do summer months in canada are easier to sweat than <laughs> than in the winter but no matter what it is if you can get sweaty even if you're not a huge sports person or like huge runner or anything so many different ways to sweat there are infrared even blankets saunas ways to sweat laying down if you're finding that you don't actually sweat a lot that's actually one thing that i realized when i was exposed to a lot of mold i wasn't sweating like even if I was very active, if I would, um, you know, go on a really long walk and it was super hot outside and everyone with me was sweaty, I was like not sweating. So it's a telltale sign if you're not, if you don't get that sweaty, 
it's actually your body's not able to release these toxins. That's a huge problem. You can't detox if you're not able to release. So that's elimination via sweat. That's elimination via urine and, you know, bowel movements. So if you're not able to, or if you are not consistently doing those three things, your body's not able to detox. So lots of high quality water. Uh, magnesium has been helping me a lot just in general. We're talking hormonal health, um, regular bowel movements. It's, it's a lifesaver. I take magnesium biglycinate. They're different kinds. They're good for different things. And by different kinds, I mean different kinds of magnesium. Uh, so many different brands. And I think that's where this can become incredibly expensive, exhausting, and time-consuming to figure out. So I'm going to post what I've done. I have not done any toxicity testing for myself yet, so I don't have a final answer for you on if I've fixed this or if I'm still in the thick of it or if there is any problem at all because I do not have current toxicity results. So that's something I need to do. Um, I will update you in further episodes on what the results of all this air testing, petri dish. I feel like a bit of a scientist getting all this testing done. Um, so I will update you on how that process went or what it looks like and kind of give you, I guess, a part three of this journey. My first instance with mold being in Croatia and now this sort of next situation where it's also in the house. Um, Oh, and aside, I don't know if I mentioned this, so I'm going to say it again or for the first time, but um, if you want to clean your clothes, I did say to clean them, but if you want to clean them, you can use mold control or whatever brand of sort of a mold killer that you want. You can just put it in with your detergent. Ah, Even if I said it, bears repeating. (laughs) So, because it can get into clothes. So if your clothes smell musty at all, throw them away. If you have a seriously moldy environment, you might have to throw out everything. We're talking books, clothes, kind of anything that's a porous substance, unfortunately. Technology can probably say stay, I hope. Um, so yeah, you're, you're looking at potentially a life overhaul. But before you go throwing out all of your things just yet, I hope that maybe you can use just even a simple Petri dish test from Home Depot for, you know, 50 bucks overall and get a sense of what's going on in your environment because air quality is important. Uh, there are, then we get into the area of maintenance. So not everybody can move out of an environment if the levels are healthy, but you just like to reduce them, for example, um, or if they're on borderline and you want to do better, something that you can do, of course, proper insulation and proper windows are really important. So just making sure that everything's closed up because if air from the outside and air to the inside, like, you're never going to stop that mold and different just allergens even entering your home. But again, you're going to open your windows and doors at some point. So do your best with the insulation. Then any water damage, that is like thing number one. If you have water getting into your house, water leaks, water damage of any kind, like any way that moisture is getting into your house, absolutely critical to get that dried up as soon as possible. I could be a fan. If you have in the basement, if you notice it's like musty or if you had a water leak at some point, Definitely get a fan to dry it up as soon as possible, even walls, right? So we're talking if it's like coming through the wall, anything that's getting wet, you need to like blast the fan at that to dry that off. Another thing would be a dehumidifier, huge. Other people invest in air purifiers. So that's like standalone units. It looks like a dehumidifier or any kind of unit, right? That you could place in different parts of your house that would filter the air within that particular room. And then of course you can have HEPA air filters. Even the most, some of the, I was just in Home Depot, some of these lower grade air filters are, they mostly do, they say, (laughs) 
they mostly filter out any mold spores. So in terms of mold in particular, you're probably good. But if you have pets, um, if you have just lots of visitors, if your place gets dusty, you know, practically if you're human, <laughs> these some of these air tests even test for like human skin. It's like, man, you're never... <laughs> Part of being human, right? It's never going to be completely perfect in terms of no particles in the air. That's just not, I don't think that's the aim. Similar to at the beginning of the episode, me talking about wanting the most perfect, amazing content. You're not going to get it. Like, it's not going to be perfect. You can do your best. So I think this is a similar thing, but it's a spectrum. And if we're talking about, you know, zero to a hundred, it's like, okay, well, what level are you okay with? And what level is safe? We want to be safe. Um, in terms of relative humidity, I've read that the ideal is 40 to 50% relative humidity in a room. So if you get a dehumidifier, it'll tell you what the humidity is. You're going to want to keep that thing cranked 24 hours a day if you have a wet or moist. If there's moisture in the air um, in your environment, you're going to want to keep that thing continuously going, which I understand is an undertaking in and of itself. But if you want to stay in your home, if you want to stay in your environment... For whatever time being, if moving is not an option right now, again, barring, like I'm not saying stay in an unhealthy place. If something is toxic, like do your best to get out of that. Don't live there, right? Because exposure is the biggest problem. You cannot start to detox if you keep pumping your system with the toxin that um, is the aggravator in the first place. So hopefully in my episode here, I've given you a bit more of the practical home tips that you can look into um, an air quality testing is going to be your first step and then potentially remediation unless you have visible water damage and visible mold growth in which case you can probably get a company to come in and just do the remediation there the biggest thing is you want to find the source of the mold growth so if you have multiple areas in your home again anywhere with water leaks or water damage already that or even past water damage can be a place where mold is thriving, dark, um, moist, wet, humid environments, your attic, or any old carpets, like it can all be the case. Another resource I'd like to share, it depends on how much DIY you want to be doing and, again, what level of mold you have going on in your home. I obviously am not going to recommend that you do this yourself if you've got very toxic types of mold in your home or if you are particularly vulnerable to the effects of mold or... Um, you know, this can really affect pregnant women, older people, immunocompromised kids, like people with a lot of allergies. Like it's just not, do not try to remediate your own home. If you know, you're very sensitive to it and you've identified you have toxic mold. Like if it's just kind of everyday mold and you want to do a bit better, this might be for you. So you can buy like the EC3 mold solution or another uh, variant of it. There is a Canadian option that i bought what is it i'll have to see um, and you can buy a fogger you can get foggers on well at home depot or just literally google fogger and what a fogger is is rather than like a spray bottle that you would use to like spray windex on a window um, a fogger is like actually creates like a fog it's very thick and so you can place that in your hvac you can like from your furnace into the main air vent and you can pretty much blast the house with this fog and it'll go through all the vents and effectively fog them up and kill whatever mold. Now, again, it's a natural option, so it's non-toxic for pets, kids, people. You probably don't want to do it while everybody's inside. 
but you can fog your home that way and then fog all of the you know curtains furniture you can you can put it on anything so i mean i'm not sure about your plants but you can fog any kind of household item and so i definitely recommend fogging i've read a lot about that for treating larger areas and how helpful it can be when it comes to kind of just a bit of an overgrowth or kind of day-to-day dealing with day-to-day mold Uh, and then you can deal with supplements on your end and hopefully you know between removing it from your environment and the kill sweat bind approach from dr jess you can sweat it out and pee it out and uh start feeling a lot better if it's impacting your day-to-day so i wish you very well on your mold journey as we are all going to have mold in our lives day-to-day but i hope that you can find um, a healthy level of mold in your life and most importantly if you're in an okay environment making sure that your body is detoxing from all of the different things that we come in contact with Um, rather than vilifying just one particular thing it's not mold is not the enemy we just need to understand the different kinds of mold and which ones you know we can tolerate and which ones we can't at what levels so i hope this has been useful and interesting with lots of different resources i'll be sure to put those links into the notes and i just want to thank you so much for listening and supporting the show it means so much to me to be able to share and i'll see you again soon Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership.